0: We hear over and over again, I need more personalization. I need better customer journeys. I think it starts with thinking beyond that. And I think that, again, like that's not necessarily a bad approach, but if it's the only thing you're employing, you're leaving all of that unidentified demand on the table. Welcome to State of Therom podcast. I'm Ben.
1: And I'm Matt. Uh, Today, Matt, we are talking about unidentified demand. What's... is sitting on your data in your customer database, and how to detect that? Uh, that's topic that we are, I mean, addressing almost every single time with with clients and, and marketers. Um, we, as marketer, are sitting on a ton of consumer databases. Are really we have a lot of consumer in the database, and uh, that we have a lot of product to uh, to sell. The issue is. How do we match this consumer with the product and the right offer? And, uh, and how do we leverage uh, the information we have in the database to, uh, to do that? So let's jump into the topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but the CRM marketers like biggest asset is their first party data. Um, and all of the, the tools that are required for them to be able to tap into that unidentified demand exist at their fingertips. And I mean, when we're talking about first party data, we're talking about customer data, we're talking about loyalty data, transactional data, web data, like all of the different data sets that marketers have access to. Um, And I know we talk a lot about it as well, but there's, um, you know, obviously data can be sitting in different ways. Like some people have it very much structured internally in a data lake. Uh, some marketers leverage a CDP or a cloud. uh, And in some cases, the data kind of sits everywhere. But as we've talked a lot about, that doesn't mean no matter which path that you're on or or where your data is currently at, that you can't use it uh, to essentially identify demand that you're not tapping into. And I think like what's really interesting about this topic and questions we get from marketers really all the time is is how are we able to actually tap into that? Because like for, for big enterprise brands, that's, that's potentially millions of dollars of unrealized revenue or even more that's just sitting there, that's just like within value within their database that needs to be uncovered. Um, and it's all about really using your data in the right way and finding the right signals that actually indicate demand. Um, and then once you're able to do that, you're essentially tapping into a, a vast amount of potential revenue without even needing to acquire a single additional contact.
1: Yeah and uh, the thing is that this data is hidden in, in I mean this information is hidden in your data uh, that's really I mean important to understand that you don't necessarily need to add third-party data we have so many times the conversation that okay but that's super super nice. We have data, but let's enrich that with external data. I mean, the point is, let's start to use the, what you have. Uh, there are so many opportunities left uh, on the table with the data you have already instead of looking after and making enrichment of, of of the set you have. And um, something is, something that uh, everyone gets, I think, is people are Complicated. Uh, there are a lot of different of behavior or expectation of needs. And another thing that I think we can all agree on is that you will not buy something if you don't have, if you don't have the need. If the, if the product, the offer, the service is not solving for a need, we agree that the need can be very different. That can be uh, for, I mean, a lot of type that can be really for personal uh, pleasure. That can be for very practical thing that's moving from a point A to a point B. Uh, that can be going to holiday. But that's that's a need from 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 a human, and mm. this is specific, and that's customer. I mean, that's customer centric. That's their need uh, as a consumer, and. Ask yourself that when you buy something it's not, you're not buying it because someone pushed that to you. That's not because, I mean if there is no use, you're not bringing something home that will just sit on your shelf and and, uh, there is really no use. Uh, Even if at some point you don't need it anymore, there was this small uh, event, moment in, in the life when you but you bought it there was a need you, you felt this need and um and if you have that in mind as a marketer then I'm just questioning why are we still trying to push only one two or three offers to the entire database yeah um there there is so many opportunities sitting in, hidden in the in in this database in the, your consumer base and the only way to to leverage that is to yeah, leverage the product you have and, and showing the right product that solve for every needs. And maybe that's very small groups of people with a, a specific need. But you'll make money from that. You'll make business, you'll make orders. Uh, and I mean, I'm saying money because the goal, uh, mainly uh, the goal of every business is to, uh, to, uh, to make uh, revenue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about the, like really the potential opportunity there is, if you think about it as the like, you know, the potential for if you were to sell basically every single or if you were to address every single customer need in your database with the products that you have available. So essentially capturing every single sales opportunity within your database, like that's the total demand opportunity that you have within your CRM database. Um, and a lot of marketers are not capturing all of that. Like you say, they're like only pushing a few marquee offers or they're leaving out potential demand because they don't know how to identify what like which customers might actually be interested in specific offers that they have um, and or that they're reaching people with the wrong offers. And so that like basically the sales that they're making or that universe that I described, that perfect situation where you're selling, you're filling all of the customer needs with the offers that you have available minus what you're currently selling like there's a gap there and that gap represents essentially the untapped revenue um that uh that you have or that that's available and that that's a huge enormous uh potential amount of sales for yeah. you and yeah. um what can be difficult is essentially tapping into that because customers like you mentioned customers are really complicated and it's very very difficult to get somebody to explicitly tell you, well, I need product X, Y, or Z. They may not even know that it's something that they want until they see it or they're exposed to it. Um, and in addition to that, it's constantly shifting over time. What I want today may not be something that I need tomorrow. Uh, so also, demand is not a static thing. It's something that that's in the moment is different than in a different time period. So it's it's not it's not an easy task by any means.
1: Yeah, and and uh, so on, on this specific. Uh talking points that I I, I will uh, highlight two things that you you, you said and we, we mentioned that. One is you need as a marketer to highlight the benefits of the offer or the products mm-hmm. and then if you showcase what the, the, the problem it's solving or the, the need it's solving and you put that in front of the right people even if they don't know they have this need they will discover it and understand it because of your Work as a marketer, um, and that's really important. And the other point, and, and uh, I mean, a big one, is the fact that I would say, like in SEO, in, in, in a search engine optimization, there is a tactic for main products and the long tail. That's if you rank correctly for every single small product, small categories, things that are not mainstream, you can do better performances because every single small offer, small product will better perform individually on a small audience and therefore you avoid competition because you are not fighting for the top one query uh, and or you are not fighting to sell the top seller of the category that every store is pushing out to everyone in their database and most likely your consumer are also in other database so they maybe receive the same offer if you do a better job and you put the right product in front of them you win that's that's the win so um, and and you really uh, stand out from the competition
0: yeah absolutely and then i think you know the question begs itself like how how do marketers identify that same man like how <laughs> do they how are they reading those signals that the their customers well not even are telling them that's like that's the wrong way to go about it how do you read essentially the signals that customers themselves might not even be purposefully sending to you and i think what why that's difficult and so what marketers are doing is relying a lot on specifically what what they can sort of like understand in terms of what their data is telling them or expli- explicit signals so looking for key moments that indicate that somebody is interested in a product, and and that's up to human interpretation. So what I'm saying are things like product paid visitation, visitation, or an interest in a in a in a past uh, product or a past purchase may indicate well I'd be interested in something similar in the future, or perhaps I've searched for something specific. I as a marketer would say okay well that those are all things that indicate that this person is interested in buying this specific product. And what I think like, and and, and it's and intuitively it makes sense, but where it falls flat are those are just like unique data points um, that actually are tell you relatively little when you kind of compare it to the vast number of data points that you can get on an individual. Because going back to what we were saying originally, people are complex. Like what I'm doing in my day-to-day life and what, motivates me to make a one purchase over another purchase. Like we all have a finite or most of us have a finite amount of resources in which we can spend on things. So we're constantly making trade-offs and that becomes very complicated. So simply because I've searched for something or I browsed a page doesn't always necessarily mean that I'm in a market for that specific item. And Most of what marketers rely on and most of what's available from a tech perspective in terms of like solutions to help marketers capture demand rely on these explicit signals. But what data science has found is that there's actually not always a strong link, which is interesting because it's counterintuitive, between some of those explicit signals and what people actually buy, which then essentially means that that huge bubble of demand, that gap that we were talking about earlier between the optimal number of sales you can obtain and what you're actually getting, um, you're still not capturing that. You're not closing that gap enough. So, so marketers are still, even upon relying on these explicit signals, which is better than doing nothing. There's still tons of demand being left on the table because it's sort of treating people like robots, like A B. I'm going to make one decision versus the other, but it's not. People are. People don't operate that way. There's so many things that influence purchase decisions.
1: Yeah, that's that's super hard. And, and that's. I mean, we we jumped into the the our next talking point on the, on on, the, on that uh, theme is. I mean, not all signals are equal or created equally. So there are a lot of different interaction. Uh, I mean, communications, uh, relation. I mean yeah, data points in the relationship with the, the consumer and they are not all equal and everything is moving. Everything, all these type of data points, so we are talking about uh, past purchase, website uh, visits, search term, abandoned cart, uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, other, other other data points, uh, Matt, but all these data points, they are not all equal. But over time, the weight it would change, and that's also, also that will also change for each individual. So at the same time, the the weight of one of the data points will be different for for one consumer to another, um, and that just adds up in the complexity of how do we calculate that as a marketer. And and I I mean no later than last week, last Friday, I had a, a discussion with uh, uh, an executive in CRM worldwide company that's as a team every week building audiences uh, for the outreach campaigns whatever the channel uh, they are using and making a very complex process of trying to identify who purchased this product what's the the descriptive uh, the, the descriptive fields or uh, data points that's they can leverage to identify other people in the database that looks like this, this clients. But the fact is that they are limited in terms of computing, I mean, capacity, because that's the human li- limitation. that okay, we are taking 15, maybe 20 different criteria. You have, okay, zip code, uh, pass purchase, amount, loyalty program, members or not. I mean, okay, but that's still limited to 20 data points. If you look at how many data points and type of small uh, interaction your consumer had in the past with your brand, you will discover that there there are thousands of them, and selecting 20 of them, it's I mean won't tell you anything that is really relevant and that will help you to put the right offer in front of the right product. 100 percent. The right <laughs> consumer, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like that's that's Im- that's the issue with with segmentation right there. Even like sophisticated segments built off of like complex buyer personas, you know, uh, women 18 to 34, urban, high income, certain lifestyle characteristics, all of those things. To your point, even if you have 20 attributes, which a lot of personas don't even have that many, like that is not that much in terms of like really understanding people. But what it also does is like, you know, I would say, arguably, you could make the argument, for example, that if you had, if you looked at the sales, you were selling handbags and you looked at sales of handbags, it's probably likely that it would skew female. However, in that situation, you're still leaving out potentially a huge percent of, of, of revenue opportunity because there are probably non-females that are actually buying handbags as well. Um, so in addition to just sort of narrowing it down into very specific types of people, you're also ignoring sort of all of the other individuals that would potentially fall into that buying category. So, you know, the, there we're going back to, the, to square one where we're saying we're not closing that gap. There's still unidentified demand being left on the table. And so uh, explicit signals can't really help you with that. And the reason is because you're literally just breaking down people based on things that you as a human can understand, which sort of brings us to the next point, which is, what do you do then? Like, okay, (laughs) that's great that you pointed out a lot of challenges in terms of building out segments and why they're not necessarily capturing 100% of that identified demand. Well, the answer is in implicit signals. And that's something that really only data science, uh, machine learning specifically, is going to be able to help you with. And what what we've actually found are there there are things that are actually more significantly indicative of buying intent than things like past purchases or website browsing. And there are things that aren't necessarily intuitive, nor things that you as a person are going to be able to understand on your own. Um, so it could be anything from like first name, which you probably be like, well, why does that matter? But certain time periods, certain first names were more popular, which can actually indicate Uh, whether or not somebody might be more likely to buy something or even location like urban isn't necessarily enough. There might be a zip code somewhere for a specific product set that's actually a higher indicator that somebody living within that zone, even if they're not living in a city might be buying a certain specific product. Um, And those are implicit signals, things that you intuitively don't necessarily understand on your own, or even from like a past purchase perspective, like just because somebody bought swim in the past doesn't mean they're looking for swim right now. Um, However, there could be like some other sort of active wear that they have purchased in the past that's a stronger indicator that they might be looking for swimwear now. Um, And it's not only taking these data points In silo uniquely, it's when you sort of identify what's significantly likely to predict purchase now and combine those things together. And that's where the machine learning comes into play to be able to understand demand now. And so it's a little bit tricky kind of thinking about the differences between the two, but implicit signals are like really just millions and millions of data points that an individual person is never going to be able to just understand on their own. It's something that they need. Like uh, machine learning and complicated AI to help with,
1: yeah. And and you you gave an example of maybe fifteen, twenty different data points, and I said that there are millions of the different type of data points and things like that. And what the machine will be able to do is to identify patterns. So the the goal is, I mean, that the machine will identify patterns among the combination, the, the the I mean, all the possibilities of combination of patterns between all these data points and even if you think about the 10, 15, 20 data points, that's a lot of of path, different paths that can be analysed, but we are talking about a lot more data, so uh, a ton more of data, and, and it can be done manually. That's why the, the, the technology is really <laughs> helpful uh, for that. Uh, we can set up machine to identify that, to learn from that, uh, but the only thing is just letting the machine learn from the real data set and not bringing in some bias, human biasing. That's now let's reduce the computing time or, or effort and and just look at for this deep code or this area, this age um, of uh, the consumer, are they in the loyalty program or not? Sometimes, I mean, sometimes that data These data points are important, sometimes they are not, and again, over time it changes, and individual by individual, it changes. So, just manually, if you make these choices, you bring, I mean, your input, your insight are biased for the learning. So, just make the machine learn from the entire data set and not a, a reduced part of it because you have a a feeling the gut feel you know
0: (laughs) yeah a hundred percent and even even some of the things that seem the most obvious um don't necessarily predict intent or help you help you identify that unidentified intent like all the time we hear you know like why aren't the people in my loyalty program converting more and i think that's like a really good real world example and you know we found over and over again that sometimes the loy- loyalty is not necessarily a strong indicator that somebody's going to buy a specific product. Potentially a strong indicator of a higher customer lifetime value over time. But if you're looking to push out products in the moment, it's not necessarily going to to lead you to to identifying the right individuals in your database just to, to target with a specific. Category or offer or brand, so I think I think it is really interesting, um, and that's really I mean when we talk about aden- unidentified demand, that's why it is I- unidentified. If if explicit signals told you everything you needed to know, you would be able to just you'd be able to capture one hundred percent of your potential sales for every single product. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, I mean, make me smile. The example you 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 gave the, I mean you. You can't push out or, or send or, or promote an offer that will solve the need of the entire lo- um, loyalty members <laughs> that's I mean the loyalty membership is helpful for different things in marketing and in the relationship building the relationship between the consumer and the brand but but I mean that can't be a, a criteria that's defined people that will, be keen to buy the product and solve all these members the same uh, the same uh, yeah, the, solve the same, uh, same issue or some need yeah same.
0: yeah absolutely
1: um, okay so I mean well, our next topic is um, I mean uh, what can we do and are, I mean the, or the what's the solution we we tapped already a little bit into that but I mean what can we do as a marketer for really improve all this uh, this approach?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with um, you know something we're big advocates for, and that's challenging the status quo um, and and thinking about different ways of doing things. So I think there's uh, you know still a very hyper focused on creating personalized journeys, for example, based on triggers, and triggers are explicit signals. Yeah. So. Um, I think like, you know, we hear over and over again, I need more personalization, I need better customer journeys. I think it starts with thinking beyond that. And I think that again, like that's not necessarily a bad approach. But if it's the only thing you're employing, you're leaving all of that unidentified demand on the table. Um, And it's such a it's just such a waste to focus on acquisition and spend so much money on that when there's this literally a pile of money sitting within your database that you're just not tapping into. So I think one is to start kind of thinking about what relevancy and personalization really means um, and, and moving beyond relying on those explicit signals um, and thinking about new ways to be able to, to, to tap into that unidentified demand. So I would say it starts there. So one is sort of challenging the way the market is headed and the way people are thinking. And I think eventually we're already seeing a lot of challenges with scaling trigger-based personalization in terms of the results they're driving, but also the ability to reach all of the right customers with the broad offers in your catalog or the broad breadth of numbers or the number of offers in your catalog. Um, and I think that's that's probably a really good place to start. Um, and what? so then the question is like, what can you do beyond that? Yeah, I mean another thing that you can also
1: think about uh, to implement or to challenge. Uh, you said that challenges status quo. Uh, if you have a persona, if you have a personas that you describe in you have in your company, that's what are your consumer and one type of product or category of product is for this persona, another one for another one a look into the persona how the persona is described um, the thing is describing or building a persona based on demographics is wrong I mean I'm sorry but mm. it's not accurate that won't help you to market your product to do marketing with your product to your consumer and to build this relationship you want to uh, to build I'm not saying that you don't need a persona you need to build the persona on what people or this core this persona want to achieve, what their goal, what's the, what's the action they are taking, whatever the demographic, uh, the uh, information they have, that's regroup them by need, by problem they want to solve, by service they will use because they have this need or th- this uh, problem to, to, to fix. Um, and then that's way much simpler, that's easier to build, strategy, uh, a marketing strategy, campaign plan that's okay you have different personal in your database with different needs, what are the products that are matching or solving for this need and you have and really improved segmentation uh, compared to, uh, to a segment that are based on, on demographics. Um, but we mentioned that segmentation is just the beginning uh, that's better than uh, blasting everyone but uh, but you uh, can we can go uh, that's not individualization and and uh, and the goal is to go way further but I think that's a, that's a good starting point if uh, you want to dig a little bit in your in the way the segments are built uh, internally
0: yeah absolutely and I think it's also too about sort of exploring because this is complicated I mean we're, we're basically we're basically, uh, you know, recommending that you use advanced machine learning to to predict and identify intent that you can't find as a marketer. And like the reason marketers rely on triggers is because it's it's doable. Like you can segment based on website visitation or past purchase. So a good place to start would be to to um, tap into your data science team, see what they can help with. Uh, you know, like they're they're going to be experts in terms of machine learning. Are they able to help you sort of? identify intent or build or build audiences based on that. I think um, you know once once individuals get sophisticated enough, the challenge you run into there is you're trying to scale that out with with humans. but it's it's a good place to start um, and it's a good place to start learning about like what capabilities you have in-house and where some of the gaps might lie. Um, and then once that's identified, that's when you can turn to solutions in market and there are companies as we know, that offer, you know, advanced AI solutions that can help facilitate this machine learning at the scale you need. Because essentially we're talking about many offers being sent potentially per week, uh, many different campaigns, constant demand change. So you need to be running and refreshing your your data um, and running the analysis sort of essentially on a daily basis to be able to capture the most up-to-date demand for all of your different offers. But, um, you know there are there are solutions out there that can help you with that, but there are also really smart individuals who are are thinking about this every single day as well, and they can they can kind of help point you in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean Matt, um, I think we made the some points on our, and or enough points to uh, to make uh, the audience and and uh, marketers are listening to us to understand that maybe when they think about expanding their data sets and, and acquiring st- or adding third-party data uh, maybe there is a more efficient ways to leverage and uh, get better performance from what they already have instead of trying to add more uh, data that's uh, coming from, from outside and um, hopefully uh, that, will, that will help everyone to, uh, to get better results uh, in their in their campaign plan, and uh, in, and in their marketing action.
0: Absolutely, yep. It all it all starts with uh, again challenging the status quo and thinking about maybe doing things in in newer different ways.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are talking to you next week. Uh, talk to you next week. Thank you Bye. so much.
0: Bye.